God. <laughs> Did you get your Namakubi to the island in time? Yeah, like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine finally got there. Fucking FedEx. Fuck FedEx. They gave me so much goddamn anxiety. It's like, I get there on the Wednesday. They're like, oh, we can get it there tomorrow for, you know, a hundred and whatever bucks or Friday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Friday works. They're like, yeah, Friday for 40 bucks. I'm like, awesome. I get a notification that night. Your package will be delivered on time. Monday. Oh, fuck. And I'm like, on time. That's not on time. And then I get a message. Your package will be there on Friday. And I'm like, okay. And then I wake up in the morning. No, your package will be on time Monday. Wow. What? Then I get a message on Saturday morning that my package will be delivered on Saturday between 9 a.m. and 2. And I'm like, and then they're like, oh, it's been delivered early. I'm like, no, it's still late. I paid for Friday. Like, oh, yeah. my God. Anyways. So, yeah. Now me and Kevin are just trying to figure out the best and quickest way to get our, well, at least Kevin's done his dragon. <laughs> He's texting me right now, like, I don't know how I'm going to send this. It's, I guess I shouldn't have done something so big. <laughs> What's that? Like, yeah. You haven't even started your dragon yet. I have the drawing done. Five days for the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Right. I'll paint it through. Yeah. That's right. Put in all, put in a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah. What's the difference? What's the difference between eight hours over like three weeks or eight hours in a day? Right. Nice. How big is it? Like this? Uh, no, it's it's it is it is narrow and and tall. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to fucking paint that damn Akubi twice. Yeah, that sucks. So, but that's because I tried farting around and doing different things that I've never tried before. I'm not doing that with a dragon. I know. I know what I'm doing or it's it's pretty straightforward and simple so yeah i'm not trying to compete with anybody or even compete with myself on this one i just want a really clean actually i'm challenging myself it's because it's fine line stuff so <laughs> sweet i love yeah. it i'm not challenging myself on this one but but i am <laughs> yeah yeah, fuck. Dude, that girl Anya that I have at my shop now, she's like fucking just like sketches and then fully renders a fucking fully painted flash sheet by the end of the day. Yeah, you're Every saying. time that she's there. It's that's, crazy. That's amazing. Like, and Maddie, too, that I have with me now, same. He's banging out so much like rad flash and people are actually coming and getting it. So he's stoked and stuff. So, rad. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. So. Yeah, we're going to be doing a, a a fundraiser on March 9th, actually. we I never do them. We're doing a fundraiser for a, 
Northern Alberta Animal Protection Society. Cool. ASAP. So that'll be fun. So we're doing a bunch of flash for that. So sweet. Yeah, yeah man. A good time. Yeah, totally. So you like that? How like how long that John Clue one was? <laughs> Two hours forty minutes. Dude, me getting yeah. to do all those pictures because they only, the picture only slides for like two seconds. So I'm like, I had to go through and change the time on every single photo for it to stay up longer and try and stretch it out over all that time. And then I just got to the point where I was like, okay, these can't be longer than like 45 seconds each. So I just started like doubling them and stuff. So, but yeah, that was a good one. That was fun. Oh, shitty. So I'll, uh, I think I'll you add- could. I think you could do that in Canva. Probably. Yeah, I don't know what the audio yeah. quality would be and how that would work, but um, you should be able to take the fully edited. There might be a size time restriction. I'm not sure, but yeah. And then you can just click. Mm-hmm. Anyway, don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's done now. It's too late. Never doing that yeah. again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. So I'll uh, I'll fire up that uh, other one that that you were originally using, and then. Uh, We'll just try a test run like sometime this week with it. And then I told Wes just to be available because we'll just do like a call in, figure out how we do the call in or whatever. Okay. Yeah. 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 So then we can get uh, that Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. So I'll text him tomorrow and tell him I forgot about him. So. Sweet. But yeah. But yeah, this one's going to be fun. Next up, Terry, Terry Rivera. He's uh, yeah, just hanging out in his art studio right now. Nice. So, yeah, you got anything going on other than uh, the Dragon Show? That's pretty much it. Or oh, I've got a got uh, two paintings on the go, and uh, I drew four sleeves and a back piece this week, and I'm starting another, sketched out another one, uh, just for fun. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Shop's super busy, and like people are really inspired, and everybody wants to be creative. So, yeah, yeah. It's contagious, right? Yeah, cool. Yeah, we had yeah. a paint night uh, last week. Actually, Kevin came up from Calgary for the day slash night, and we did a paint night at the shop. It was super fun. We had uh, James Greenaway come by, and cool. Sharon came to visit and stuff. So, yeah, it's fun. So, yeah, nice. going to start trying to do those a little more regularly, like once a month kind of thing. Yeah. So open doors, whoever wants to come kind of thing. So, Sweet. push each other. Yeah, I got that James Greenaway is actually going to guest spot for two weeks here um, midway through the month. So like February 15th, I think he comes for like two weeks or whatever. So it'll be fun to hang out with him. I was pulling out like all my old, he kept talking about new school because that's what he does. So I kept pulling out all my old tattoo photos of like graffiti and drawings and stuff. And he's like, oh, you know how to do this stuff? And I'm like, why? I used to. (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure it out. So we'll try and do some like fun art projects while he's hanging out too. So yeah, it's good, man. Feeling good. Inspired. Nice. Sweet. So I guess I should send this invite to uh, Terry and uh, I'll let him know to check his email. Email. Yeah. Sent. All right, man. Like usual episodes brought to you by Holdfast Social Club and good guy supply and uh dave you were mentioning something about grips or some have they come out with those things fucking yet or what i don't know uh but yeah they've for the good pen they've got a, a, a uh autoclavable grip grips there 
fucking amazing. Like they weigh so much. Like the weight's just right in your hand. Oh, have you tried uh, them? No, I just played with them at the at the warehouse. Oh, okay. They had samples there. Oh, okay. So yeah, so they're not out yet. No, no, but they should be soon. They should be. Okay. But I think I think for a lot of people that'll be really I, I don't, oh, how would you describe it? I think it'd just be a real nice change to, if you don't like a light pen in your hand and you want something that has a little bit of weight, the weight's perfect. Yeah. It's it's right in your actual hand instead of hanging off. And Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to try that out. Always good for some new shit. Yes. So, all right, man. Uh, we'll be right back with Terry. Welcome to Kind of a Big Deal, a weekly podcast deep diving into the lives of emerging and established tattoo artists. Listen in as we dig into origin stories, industry hot topics, and what it takes to survive in the world of tattooing. This is Tattoo Shop Talk. Join your hosts, Sean Headley and Dave Allen, every week as we host a new guest. It's no secret Dave and I have a good guy connection, but we have a great relationship with many respected suppliers. Working with Lucas Ford at Classic Tattoo, I saw firsthand the blood, sweat, and stress he went through building Good Guy. Creating products for your peers is no easy task. With many to critique any small missteps, including myself, tattooer-owned and family-operated since day one. With Lucas, Rob, and Natalie at the helm, you know exactly what you are getting. High-quality products, fair prices, and excellent customer service. Shop, support, good guy. The Hold Fast Social Club keeps expanding and adding features to make the life of tattooers easier. We just launched a classified section for pros only. Sell your tattoo gear, prints, whatever in one spot. This is on top of a platform with peer-to-peer vouching, direct connect, a wait list, and geo-searching. Now you can find guest spots or forever homes at studios everywhere. No guessing, no awkward conversations. See what shops or artists have to offer. Mark them as favorites or add yourself to their wait list to let them know you are interested. Old Fast Social Club keeps adding features to make connecting easy. Pros only, a place where the best of us can elevate each other. Do you have yourself muted? Yeah, I I had the volume down. I uh, (laughs) often do that. (laughs) Technical difficulties, which I like to call Dave. (laughs) He was just having fucking problems also. He's like, us. It's always on my end. And then he's like, oh, never mind. I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) We're fucking artists. We're not technical wizards. No. (laughs) Yeah. Artist, okay, calm down. <laughs> well, Terry is still still working on it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, it's going How's really it going, good. Terry? Um, the only thing I can say is, uh, you guys sound kind of like quiet on my end. Um, I don't know if there's any okay way for me to adjust that. Is there uh, the only way I think you could do it is just turn up your volume yeah. on your end. That's it. All right. It's cool. I can hear you. <laughs> I'll just, I can hear you. Good enough. It's fine. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be very loud. I always have That's to turn our volume. Yeah. <laughs> I always have to turn our volume down in editing. So yeah. 
Also, we just need we need to hear you. We nobody needs to hear us anymore. People are fucking. Oh, no. I've heard enough of us. <laughs> I, I'm listening to you guys tremendously. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like obsessed uh, with your podcast. So uh, the, f- the the fact that you're like, oh, bad. when can we record you? I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you get to know what it feels like. Get that little, sw- get that little yeah. fear sweat yeah. going. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done a few little things like this in the past, and, you know, I, I think I tend to do okay. But, uh, you know, and, uh, you guys can edit it out. <laughs> no. No, I don't. Right. Okay. Really I don't see it. <laughs> We're fucking lazy, man. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> We've had so many people that ask that. They're like, oh, you guys edit much? And I'm like, no, not at all. I try try and make the audio the best that I can of my capabilities because our audio was really bad in the beginning. Still is bad some days. Um, But other than that, no. All right. It all stays in. We're trying to get canceled every episode, so help us out. Um, what I'm going to probably do just before we get too far going here, I'm just going to set my phone to like sleep or something just so like no one calls. Uh, cause I just realized I was like, Oh yeah, that's on. I probably okay. shouldn't have that on. Cause I want to say it, it links to this computer and then that'll be kind of insane. <laughs> so. A bunch of text messages yeah, start yeah, coming yeah. up on the screen. All right. Let's... All right. Okay. Awesome. Cool. No, well, thanks, thanks for joining us me. today. I'm, I'm super excited to do this with you guys. So, Where are you? Where are you uh, calling us I'm from? San Diego. Uh, so, yeah, San Diego, California. Uh, I live in uh, Normal Heights, right. and I have a shop in North Park, which is about a mile and a half away. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, Remington. What's it called? Yeah, cool. not named after the gun. <laughs> oh, no? American, we just figured yeah. that's probably... <laughs> I get you it. know, just the shooting every day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You're more of a fan of the, you're more of the yeah. ammunition, not yeah. the gun. No, I, it's, it's named after uh, uh, the Remington brand uh, typewriter. Uh, and if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's actually the same company. Oh, cool. But, um, yeah, there's a story that goes with that, so... <laughs> Uh, That's all right. right. All right. So Let's wait, do you, do you do you collect typewriters? I actually have a lot of typewriters. Yeah, it's kind of funny uh, because that was the original branding for the shop. And uh, you know, before I knew it, like every other client of mine was like, "Hey, about the swappy, I found a Remington typewriter." Uh, you know, and so yeah, I've got a bunch. I've got the oldest one I have is from 1890. Uh, has a wooden space bar, which is pretty Jeez, crazy. Um, I've got a, a couple of. I don't know. I probably got about 10 or so. Uh, I used to have more. I ended up getting rid of a bunch. It's like, why do I have all these things? Um, but yeah, so <laughs> when I originally opened the shop, which was about 13 years ago, uh, I was married at the time. And, uh, you know, my ex-wife was a, a really great artist, a uh, designer. Um, so she worked in branding, marketing. She did a bunch of, you know, children's books, you know, this kind of thing. And, you know, so she was more the marketing person, uh, you know, I was like, all right, you know, so she, there's honestly, it was the name that she came up with. Uh, I, after, you know, I don't know, two or three months, I just kind of got tired of like debating, like what we should call it. 
And then she, you know, had that one. And I was like, you know, sounds strong. So it's a good sounding name, you know, but, um, her branding reason, uh, for it, uh, it's a machine that you, uh, mark with ink. So it just kind of made sense, you know? Uh, and you know, the typewriters just look cool. Yeah. You know, we really could have called it anything, you know, yeah. it was just, yeah, it was just that time, yeah, yeah. you know, it was like, I've been typing yeah. for a fair, fair amount of time at that point, And it, it just made sense for me to open up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, so cool. Cool. How long so, you uh, after this winter, it'll be about 24 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I learned. I learned here in San Diego. Actually, um, uh, I didn't. You know, I didn't grow up here. I actually moved here from the Bay Area when I was 21. Um, at that time, I was uh, just doing a bunch of album cover illustrations and kind of a little bit of graphic design to use Photoshop and some things. Um, and uh, I worked with a, a couple small record companies, and that's really all I did for about a year and a half, two years. You know, and then you know. Towards the end of that, it was getting to a point where I was like, you know, this is a really hard way to make a living. Uh, I'm not super excited about what I was doing. Um, so I'm a big fan of hip hop music. I, I, hey, I, I own turntables. There's a reason I have these big silly headphones on, <laughs> you know. And uh, so, anyways, you know, that was kind of what I was doing at the time. You know, like drawing album covers for DJs and uh, you know different uh, you know MCs and stuff and. Um, you know, a lot of break dancers on album covers and like, you know, that's fun when you're in high school, but you know, I was kind of getting to the stage where like, I enjoy that music, but it's not really how I want to, uh, that's not my identity, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, totally. shortly after, you know, being here in San Diego, you know, there's a massive amount of tattoo shops here. Honestly, it's, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, you know, and uh, oh, a few years before then, when I was 19, uh, you know, still, you know, kind of just barely living at home, was just getting ready to move out. Um, I was actually offered an apprenticeship up in the Bay Area where I grew up, uh, you know, just 30 minutes from San Francisco. And, you know, I came home, told my dad about it. And uh, he was like, I thought you wanted to be a painter. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's kind of like painting. And he's like, no, it's not. And he's like, tattoos are for assholes. <laughs> and I was like, cool. So, all right, I guess maybe I, you know, maybe I'm crazy. You know? So I decided not to pursue it. Uh, came here to San Diego, you know, shortly afterwards, I'm living my art dream, you know, I'm like, you know, whatever, doing my thing, barely, you know, I was, you know, I had roommates. I didn't need much, you know, so I was like, as long as I could pay rent for my room and eat, it was basically working. And then, yeah, uh, I kind of got to a point where I was like, yeah, I've had enough of this and my parents aren't here. You know, I don't have any reason to not do it. So I started looking up tattoo shops and, um, yeah, maybe at about a, a week or two of, uh, looking into it, uh, I, I got an apprenticeship pretty, pretty quickly, which is, uh, weird, you know, like. You know, I always hear these stories yeah, about uh, like the guy hung out at the shop a bunch and, you know, he got tattooed a, a bunch by, you know, the owner or one of the guys at the shop. And, you know, eventually they built this rapport. And I, I wish that was my story, but that is not my story. Uh, honestly, I was a total just 
I like to draw. I like painting. I just kind of didn't have a real direction. And, uh, you know, I, I started tattooing. I literally didn't have a single tattoo on me. I was a complete. I was just about to ask, no, were you tattooed it was, yourself? It was, it was, yeah. I don't know if I would have apprenticed me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I was that guy, <laughs> you know? And yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I learned a, a tattoo in, uh, at the, uh, Tahiti Felix's, uh, master tattoo. So, uh, yeah, so they've been oh, open wow. since 1949. Uh, so I had a pretty, um, yeah. pretty traditional apprenticeship. You know, I got to see a lot of things that I think uh, people in my generation were, you know, maybe lucky to see. And then easily, you know, 10 years, you know, from today, uh, definitely no one is seeing these things anymore. You know, um, the owners of the shop, uh, they were two brothers. Um they're Tahitian. Actually, it's uh, owned by a. Uh, uh, actually, the guy that owns it now is their brother-in-law. He was uh, Tahitian as well, and uh, I know I'm very white-looking, but uh, I'm actually part Tahitian, uh, which is part of uh, why I got the apprenticeship. You know, uh, uh, so at that time, the way I would get um, clients for my work is I would just send out these mailers. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd find a record company I like, or maybe a clothing company, and I would just. You know, go to Kinko's, make a little portfolio, send it out. I had a little website that I built. You know, I, I taught myself HTML coding uh, just from going online, you know. And because uh, there was no social media, there was no other way to get your stuff on the Internet at the time. Yeah. And, yeah, I just sort of, when I wanted to find an apprenticeship, I sort of just treated it the same way. It's like, you know what, I'm going to mail out these packages to these people. Uh, these kind of look like good shops that I'm looking at online. And, uh, and then I'll email them all and just say, you know, what my deal is. And uh, Gil, uh, uh, that owns uh, Masters Now, uh, he started talking with me. And, uh, you know, and of course, one of his first questions are, do you have any tattoos? And I said, you know, I don't right now. Um, it's something I'd like to do. Honestly, like, I was just broke. It wasn't something I could really afford. Uh, I had friends that got tattooed, yeah. you know, from people in their houses that looked pretty fucked, you know, so that wasn't really working for me. And then, uh, you know, I don't know, I was like, probably like a lot of artists, like, I'm going to draw my own tattoo. I kind of think I had that sort of idea, uh, which is part of why I, I was offered the initial apprenticeship that I didn't end up taking. Um, I was just someone that was curious. I was trying to ask the artists about tattoos, a lot of technical questions, um, you know, cause that was my thought at times. Like, Oh, you know, I'm going to make, make my own design. Right. Like, cause you know, no one wants to tattoo that, <laughs> but I for sure do, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, so, you know, he's hearing me ask all these crazy questions and I'm coming in with my friends on occasion that were getting tattooed, uh, at a shop. And he's like, Hey, do you have a portfolio? And, you know, at that time I never left the house without a backpack that had, you know, my portfolio. I was just like, I was kind of like a little businessman at the time. I was like, you know, I'm going to run into someone that owns a cafe and they're going to hire me to do mural. Uh, they're going to hire me to make their menu. Like I just was obsessed, you know, like since the age of five, if anyone asked me, Hey, what are you going to do when you grow up? And I was like, I, I'm going to be an artist period. You know, there was never, it was honestly, it was such a strange thing to me to like have friends. Like, you know, you're getting reaching the end of high school. And they're like, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm like, what the fuck's wrong? What do you mean you don't know what you're going to do? Like, But I, 
I'm lucky that way. You know, like I, I, I had a thing yeah. that, you know, just was my obsession. And so, um, but yeah, I came here in San Diego, started at uh, Tahiti Felix's. And there was a, a guy by the name of Danny Bernard, uh, French tattooer, does uh, large-scale Japanese stuff. Um, really, really a, a great tattooer. And, uh, you know, he had just moved back from France. And oddly enough, uh, they also apprenticed him about maybe eight years before I got there um, because he could speak French and he could draw. So if you know about Tahiti, uh, the language is French. Uh, at home, you would speak Tahitian and you speak yeah. English to tourists. You know, that's kind of how it works there. And so, yeah, they got this guy who can speak French and he happens to be just like traveling through the U.S. at the time. And, you know, he comes into their shop. He's wanting to get tattooed. And, you know, they're like, oh, you speak French. So they kind of converse with him that way. And then he goes and sits in the lobby and he sketches out kind of what he's wanting to do. And, of course, right then they saw this guy. He's like, oh, he can draw. And they're like, well, so what are you doing? What are you doing right now? He's like, ah, nothing. I'm just kind of hanging out. Just, I'm just traveling. I don't really have a plan. And they are like, well, do you want to hang out here? Maybe help us out. And then he said about two weeks later, which is insane to me, uh, they put a tattoo machine in his hand and he started tattooing, you know? And then, yeah, yeah. Wild. Uh, it was a really crazy shop, you know? Um, I don't know if you know who uh, Al Miller is. Uh, he would be Eugene Miller's brother. Uh, so if you ever read any of the biography of Sailor Jerry, it talks about Eugene and Al Miller. Uh, these were the older tattooers that okay. he looked up to uh, when he was in Hawaii. Uh, and so uh, Al Miller ended up coming down here and then ended up working over at Masters because he had a connection with their father. And, uh, yeah, that guy tattooed till he was 81, which is – that's gnarly, right? <laughs> so I got there, like, yeah. I don't know, a few months after he had left. So I didn't actually get that experience with him. Uh, but he did pop by the shop a couple times when I was there. And it was, it was you know, interesting to see him. And uh, – yeah, but the owners of the shop, yeah, they were pretty old school. You know, they wore the big, uh, you know, dental lab coats, you know, like that kind of thing. Uh, you know, yeah, they're pretty traditional in that aspect. Uh, you know, one of the owners, uh, he still autoclaved all of his tubes and needles in a glass test tube. There would be a cotton ball at the end with a cork, uh, and then that would go in the autoclave because, you know, he's not spending money on, you know, blister pouches and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was crazy. But so Denny, uh, that worked there, the first time he met me, I was getting interviewed in person by the, you know, I got this giant art bag that I brought in with all these paintings and stuff, you know. And uh, the interview goes well. They're like, all right, man, uh, you know, we like you. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you a shot. And he just happens to come into the shop, it's his day off. And he sees me there. He, he kind of knows that I'm coming. He's heard about it, you know. And he sees me starting to put my artwork away. And he stops by and he looks at it. He's like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, oh, thank you. And he's like, you're never going to do this here. And then he left. <laughs> and, and immediately I was like, this guy, that's the guy I need to know, you know. And, yeah, him and I, um, man, he, he was really the one who taught me. Um, you know, I think he was kind of separated with his wife at the time. Uh, I think he just wanted a drinking buddy. <laughs> so it was like, that was my apprenticeship it was six months of, uh, you know, him dragging me to the bar every night, 
uh, you know, he'd buy all my drinks and then, uh, I'd end up, you know, staying at his place and we'd talk about art and, you know, and he, you know, he definitely knocked me down many pegs, you know, that was our relationship was, you know, like he, he draws well, uh, but he's definitely someone who, you know, everyone works in it. Right. But let's just say it came a little easier for me. Yeah. And I think he sort of knew that and he was like, yeah, but this kid's going to be like cocky or some bullshit. So he needs to understand what tattooing is, not this stuff that he's doing. And so it really kind of, he kind of reframed how I thought. And yeah, it was, it was really changed my mind. He started introducing me to, uh, you know, tattoos that Philip Lou had done and Klaus Foreman and, you know, these kind of, tattooers that were really like inspiring at the time. Um, he was, but especially the big Japanese stuff. It was really like, you know, Mike Rubendahl, Chris O'Donnell, like all this kind of, uh, stuff, uh, was really the stuff I first saw, uh, you know, and then, you know, of course I later started seeing work from Aaron Kane, Marcus Pacheco, of course, you know, and, and luckily at that shop, uh, man, they had like, you know, 20 years of old tattoo magazines and all the old tattoo times. And so if I wasn't like, cleaning or making needles or helping them at the shop when there was downtime, I just sat there and read these magazines. And, you know, so I kind of got really familiar with a lot of older names, you know, and especially because Denny was very, very interested in the history of tattooing, you know, uh, and yeah, it was just helpful. Plus, you know, working with the Maurice and, uh, Hero Lynch, you know, the guys that own the shop. Um, yeah, you know, they were, they were there. They, you know, at a time when tattooing was much more simple, you know? Uh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I think how how so long? So, oh, go ahead, Sean. I was just going to ask, how long were you at, at So in total, for? I was there about three years. Yeah. Um, awesome. And was it two weeks until you had a machine <laughs> uh, in your hand? Or did they make you wait longer? It would have been. Uh, I was just too, too scared, <laughs> you know? I, I was super critical. Yeah. I was like, man, like, I'm watching these guys and like how fast and efficient they were, uh, you know, and it was really hard, and especially like I didn't have tattoos yet. So, you know, I kind of felt like out of place, you know, I was like, oh man, I'm kind of like this weirdo in here. And um, so what they did is they, you know, they gave me a tattoo machine to take home <laughs> and they're like, look, uh, you need to know what this feels like. So you're just going to go home and put stencils on yourself. And you're just going to, like, run it with water just so you, like, understand. And so, yeah, I would just come to the shop with just, like, red fucked up, like, it's lines smart. and shit all over me. Like, uh, you know, and, yeah, smart. that was just kind of how it was. And, you know, Denny, he was such a, uh, you know, he was like, look, before you start getting tattooed, he's like, be careful what you put on your forearms. He's like, this matters. You know, this is the difference. He's like, when people come up to you and your arms are nice, they can trust you. If your arms are covered in shit, it looks like you just kind of rush into things. I don't know if I can trust you. You know, at least that was his mentality at the time. You know, and I, yeah. I don't agree because some of the best <laughs> tattooers just have bodies worth of crazy stuff. <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, so yeah, maybe about, about six months in when I was barely starting to do my first few like free tattoos. Um, there was a convention here yeah. in San Diego and uh, I made uh, made uh, friends with uh, 
a guy uh, named uh, Hiro. He owns Cotton Picket in uh, Akita, Japan. And uh, yeah, yeah, so he ended up doing my first tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he actually, we, again, oh. went out drinking all night. Wow. And then the next day, he's like, all right, I'm going to go to your shop. And, uh, and yeah, he tattooed me. And, uh, you know, so Danny, you know, he's the guy teaching me. Uh, he wants to pay for it, like, because actually it happened to be my birthday. It's kind of interesting. Uh, and then the guy, uh, you know, Hero's like, no, nah, it's cool. It's on me. Happy birthday. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really, like, pretty amazing Damn. to have that experience. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, and then later on, of course, I started getting, you know, other tattoos. Uh, you know, in my mind, I'm saving this for Steve Moore. Yeah. Uh, whether or not that ever actually happens. Uh, yeah, I got I to gotta figure that out. <laughs> Just call him book. Just yeah. the yeah, just you know what? Uh, I did. I did about like, oh geez, maybe like seventeen years ago, and you know, I, I just need to get it together, man. <laughs> That's really what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He drew. Uh, you know, I've, I've been so he. he uh, Steve Moore actually. Uh, I've, I've been to Canada a couple times. Uh, the first time I went there was just uh, you know, see Quebec, Montreal, all that kind of stuff, and then the. Then the second and third time I went there, I guess spotted at Rich Hansford's uh, Kapala tattoo. Um, yeah, it was really, really okay. cool experience. And all those guys were, every other person there had a bodysuit from Steve or James or a combination of, you know, or, you know, you know huge work from, or, you know, some, some work from Lars Uwe. Uh, Uwe. And uh, yeah, it was really yeah. like, wow, you guys, yeah, it's incredible. Like, uh, uh, seeing uh, Dan Fletcher, uh, Sean Cushney, uh, yeah, it was really uh, such a wonderful shop. You know, like especially like when I when I was learning to tattoo, I was attracted to illustrative tattooing right from the get go, and I really loved this look of you know the way Philip Lou would do these big flowy Japanese backgrounds, especially the water. Um, you know, way make clouds, this atmosphere, and also just like the way he would think to compose things, like. If someone comes in and they want a dragon, it appeared to me as if you'd be like, oh, you want a dragon on your chest? He doesn't do a whole fucking dragon on your chest. It's like you already get the head and you can see that it's starting to go. And then the next time you see like this person, oh, now your arm is done, you know? Oh, by the way, I made it so interesting on your <laughs> shoulder. You can see it's starting to go, <laughs> you know? So this... This thinking, I was like, then that was something that Denny was very adamant about. He was like, you know, these little tattoos, you need to act like you're doing everything. Pretend like you're doing the, all of it. Don't just kind of create the design without that in mind. And so, yeah, immediately that was just my approach. Um, you know, whether or not I deserve to be in that place was something else. But uh, that was that was how I started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's yeah, good mentoring. You know, right? he was so yeah, comes really, down. really great sense of composition. Yeah. Uh, really uh, encouraged the idea of like making tattoos age, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And there was uh, two other uh, really amazing artists that worked there. Uh, Nate Benuelos, um, chance you may have heard of him. He worked at you know, New School and Analog and all that kind of stuff years ago. And uh, a guy named Christopher Walker, okay. uh, no relation to the actor. <laughs> Uh, he owns a place <laughs> called Iron Cypress in Louisiana. Uh, does really beautiful tattooing. If you guys don't know him, uh, yeah, I should check him out. His stuff is great. I'll look him up. Um, yeah. 
Absolutely. But yeah, so, you know, that was another thing, you know, being there with these guys. I'm like, I have like these three super amazing tattooers. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I can draw all this stuff, but like I put it in a line and it's fucked. You know, you can't make anything heal, you know, all the, all the stuff, you know. But yeah, uh, eventually, yeah. you know, it started kind of making sense. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So where, where did you go on? If I want to touch on something Sean mentioned, the importance of mentorship, and it kind of relates back to something you said when you got into tattooing, you had all this artistic ability. And I think we've all seen it where somebody comes into the industry with like, they're just red hot. They, they can draw, they can render like just about any subject matter and they, their attitude gets in the way. What, what kept that from happening for you? Like you seem like a really humble and down <laughs> guy. Denny, you know. his daily, like, <laughs> destroying me. <laughs> so, so Denny and I, our relationship was uh, interesting. So uh, we actually worked together for about 10 years. Uh, you know, the, the next shop that he went to after Masters was a place called Seven Seas, uh, a traditional American-style shop. Um, and, yeah, they, they hired me, like, pretty much within three or four days of hiring him. And it was really weird, you know, like they were in this, you know, they were a couple miles or maybe a mile from the shop that I learned at. But at that time, Nate left, Chris left, Denny left, and I was kind of on my own, you know, and yeah, it, it was really hard for me to leave there, to be honest. Like I felt like I was like betraying these guys that like gave me an opportunity. I still feel like that, to be honest, you know, there's, there's, there's still a little bit of that. You know, I'm still friends with, you know, uh, Gil over there. I, I pop in on occasion and stuff. But, yeah, there's always, yeah, I kind of feel like you know, a little shitty about that, to be honest. But, you know, there was. Uh, you gave him three years. That's pretty good, right? I'm seeing people bouncing after yeah, six I mean, months. Yeah, like you don't even know how to hold the machine right. <laughs> you haven't even figured out how to stretch the skin correctly. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I followed Jenny over to Seven Seas and I worked there about another, uh, maybe about a year, him and I lasted there. But it was a very chaotic place at the time. Uh, the guy that owned it, it was just like, you know, you're trying to work and just people are just like drinking 40s all day. And then, you know, there's just like, it was mayhem all the time, you know, like... A little yeah, too traditional like, of a shot. Jenny and I would come to work in the morning and like, the owner would be like passed out on the floor, the unmopped ink stains tattoo floor with whatever woman he was with the night before. <laughs> and we're like, dude, you got to get up. Like it's time. Like we got appointments coming in 40 minutes, you know, like, come on, <laughs> you know, and you know, that's just how the guy rolled. He was just super yeah. like, you know, <laughs> there are no rules. Tell me I can't, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, so that, I mean, to, yeah. all right, to give you an example, this shop, it was his apartment originally. Uh, so it was a live-work loft. He got upset with where he was working right before then. And uh, he just, like, quit in the middle of his workday, walks to his apartment, pushes his furniture to the back of the apartment, and then pretty much, like, immediately, like, the next day, had a sign on the window and just put the tattoo stuff in front. He's like, that's it, I have a shop. You know, like, no proper like registration with the city like nothing you know so that place kind of was there like that for, you know maybe about a year and then you know he decided to expand the shop so he moved out of the back and then uh, you know hired a few more of us and uh 
Yeah, it was pretty insane, to be honest. It was like, it was really, uh, I mean, I, I have a lot of love for that place, but it's a different style, man. Like, you know, like, I just, I can't, I can't. Yeah. What's, what's, what's the law? There's so much there? drinking, like, lots of other things, <laughs> you know, like, and, and I, you know, I'm, yeah, yeah, I get caught up. I would get involved with a yeah. lot of that yeah. stuff, you know. You know, not during the work day. Well, I was quite like, the opposite. Uh, like I was like, no, during yeah. work, I'm not doing that, you know. But and why are you guys doing that, you know? But uh, but after work, yeah, it was yeah. really easy yeah. for me to get swept away into that, and then that's yeah, it was the time, right? Like, well, actually, that would have been early 2000s, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, it was the time. Yeah. Okay. So I was I was gonna give a similar story because, but I'm like, oh, this was actually the early '90s, which I think was a little more common than early 2000s. But me and Dave Green, who uh, Dave Green okay. now owns Sacred Heart in Vancouver, we actually lived in the back of New Trump, okay. which is a huge shop in Toronto, and we lived in the back of that. But Dave was sober, and I was actually the furthest <laughs> yeah. from sober. And that would be it. Like we had a big steel door that would lock and like the counter girl in the morning would be fucking banging on it. Like you guys have work. Dave was a piercer. I was a tattooer and like come out, yeah. wiping our eyes, tell a client. Yeah. We'll be back at five washing up in the yeah. hobo bathroom, you know, like and we lived like that for fuck almost probably almost a year before oh. we got an apartment together. Yeah. So yeah. We had a lot yeah. of that yeah. kind yeah. of stuff. Like, Dragging a, I brought a, uh, this, Yeah. Yeah, bringing a girl to the shop afterwards from the bar because she slashed her elbow open and waking Dave up and making him like stitch her. <laughs> hey, man, piercers want to pretend sure, they're doctors. No Here you go, stitch her up. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it, was, it was intense. Yeah, you know, so, environment. Like the, the dude that uh, this Milford Barnes. Uh, he's he, he's uh he's a free spirit. I'll tell you that, and. Uh, you know, uh, so in the middle of the day, there's a bunch of us tattooing. We're like in the middle of tattoos. And this guy decides to take a shower. And there's a fully functioning bathroom with a shower in the shop. So he does that. And then while we're tattooing, he exits the bathroom completely naked. Could care less that there's anyone getting tattooed. He goes to the refrigerator, pulls out a jar of pickle juices. No, no more pickles there. Shuds a bunch of pickle juice. Like naked in the middle, of, you know. Like, yeah, just like you know, I was like, man, this is. I'm trying to do something serious here, and it's a different version. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of felt like, man, if I stay here, it's not, this isn't gonna. This ain't working. Yeah. So, so I left. Yeah, yeah. I left. I worked at a, another shop for uh, uh, maybe another year. Uh, Chris Wynn, uh, he he had a shop uh, in La Jolla. And uh, that was a tough place to work. There was very little business. I'm, you know, at that point I was like a four year tattooer. I just had my little clientele. It was, it was a struggle. So I had a guest spot a lot, like up in the Bay area and, you know, uh, just like a street shop in the in East Bay, you know, it just, that was kind of like the way I was working. I was like, you know, I'll go there, I'll make my money. Uh, and then I'll come back to San Diego and like kind of live this weird vacation, but tattoo more like my serious stuff here. And, you know, that worked okay for about a year. And then, you know, after that, I was like, man, maybe San Diego's not the place. It's just, I'm not reaching 
what I want uh, out of this career. So at that point, I kind of had it set to move back home. I was like, you know, I'm going to go back to the Bay Area. Uh, it seems like there's a lot more opportunity there. And, you know, obviously, because, you know, San Francisco and San Jose have, Oakland have, like, so many incredible tattooers. And uh, so Denny, um, he ended up taking a job over at Avalon. And, uh, and Fip Buchanan, uh, he would send me, like, emails all the time. Like, almost like, uh, he, like, a, like, like, he was like, hey, kid, I like your stuff. I really like your stuff. Did I tell you I liked your stuff? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. Come in. Exactly. Come in. And I, you know, I just, I don't know, like I wasn't getting it, you know. And then eventually, uh, yeah, he asked me, he's like, do you want to sit in for a couple weeks? Because I was, you know, like I was kind of working in the Bay and then working here. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Went in there, worked for a couple weeks. And then after two weeks, he's like, do you want a job? And I actually told him I need to think about it, which is like, I really didn't need to think about it, but it was, it was just like in my mind, I was like, no, I'm moving back to the Bay area. I'm like, I'm over San Diego. Uh, but I was like, man, this is, this is an opportunity. And so, yeah, I worked there. And then, so yeah, I worked there for about, oh, I don't know, five, between five and six years. And yeah, that was cool. You know, got to work with Denny nice. again. And, uh, you know, I was all, I was forever his apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> didn't matter how well I did. It didn't matter if I had magazine articles. It didn't matter. None of that. None of it mattered. You know? Uh, yeah. It was always yeah. his apprentice, you know? And it, and he sure would let me know it. You know? So it was, yeah. Kept you humble. It'll do that for sure. You know? Um, and then, yeah, at the, the tail end of that experience, um, the last two years that I was there, I split my time uh, between uh, San Diego and New York. Um, I tattooed at Daredevil for roughly two years. Um, yeah, so it was oh, literally oh. like I'd be in San Diego for three weeks, and then I'd go there for two weeks. And I just did that for two years. It was really bizarre. Uh, wow. But, you know, I was engaged, and you know, my ex-wife had took this job there for a little while. and That's why I did to make it work, because at this point, you know, I grew up pretty poor. I didn't have, like, you know, I'm not trying to make it sound like I was, like, you know, desperate for food or anything, but it was, uh, you know, money wasn't a thing, you know, like it was, it was the Bay area. People are rich there, man. And that was not my house. (laughs) Like really not, you know, (laughs) my dad was always like the ship is sinking like every day, you know? (laughs) And yeah. So here I am. I'm like, this is like, I'm finally making steady income. Uh, I'm, you know, at that point I was booked, I don't know, between like six and eight months for like years at this point. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way I'm leaving this. Like, I don't want to go there for two years, start over. Then you're done with that job and then move back. And then I have to start over again. Like, so that's how I made it work. Um, but yeah. it was fun. It was cool. You know, like uh, I got to work with Andre Malcolm, who's that amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That guy. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. I would just like come yeah. to work and be like, Oh, I'm starting to sleep today. And then, like three hours in, all outlined, uh, it's, all the background is shaded in, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> and I, I consider myself to be a fast tattoo. <laughs> and to see that, I was like, "Dude, no." I was just gonna say, I, I watched that time lapse of you doing that Hanya, where you did all that the purple yeah. with the high and low lights and stuff. Is like, what can I get <laughs> done in three and a half hours? And I was like, yeah. "Fuck you!" So, <laughs> pretty fast, but Andre's like. 
it's something else and clean. And I mean, I'll, I'll say this, yeah. like his tattoos are very, it's like the Philip Lou approach. It's tattoo friendly, you know, uh, you know, when you're doing illustrative yes. stuff, it's, it's, you can't be like that kind of fast, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, and plus I think like, that's sort of what people expect from, yeah. you. you know, like Terry does this, you know, so I'll deliver that, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would enjoy like, kind of having more of that approach, you know, but, uh, so were you getting to do a lot of your stuff out of daredevil? That's a, that's a, yeah, that, honestly, shot. I think that's why it worked so well for me. Um, it's because I did something that most, none of them did, you know, uh, you know, J- uh, Jason June worked there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Amanda, wait, wake up, wait, I don't know if you know her name. She's kind of like the original watercolor person. Oh, no. Uh, so yes, she was there too, but she also would do like a totally traditional tattoo, you know? So she kind of, yeah, it was interesting. Um, Brad Fink would come down on occasion because he actually part owns that shop. Um, you know, so I don't know. It was just kind of weird to see this, like all these people, but yeah, I was kind of, again, the odd guy, honestly, that's been most of my career. You know, I've been like the guy that doesn't do the traditional stuff with a bunch of traditional tattooers. Uh, most of my friends are traditional tattooers. You know, yeah. most of what I follow on social media is traditional tattooing because um, it's just good tattoos. Like that's honestly like, you know, really like that's yeah. what, what I look at. You know, when I'm looking at tattoos on, you know, the people's portfolios. It's like, that's really like what I think of. It's like, will this age well? Is this large and readable? Can I make sense of it from across the street? You know, and th- th- that's kind of what I look for. Like, I don't care, like, how beautifully rendered or, like, wonderfully it's done. It's just if it can't meet that, it's not good. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it, it sucks, you know, because I've got a painter. Yeah. And, you know, so that's kind of how I treat it. It's like, you know, if I'm at home painting and, you know, doing illustrations and stuff, like, that's where I get to do that. Um, with tattooing, I, I try to t- treat it different, you know. Um, but yeah, it's been kind of a, a, a thing that's had a long hold on me, like, um, trying to push more and more away from that, you know. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure how, where I'm going to end up in 10 years, <laughs> you know. But, yeah. That's a good thing, though. Yeah. yeah. Evolution's great. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Right. So that's great. So you're at uh, Avalon for three to five years, bouncing no. back and forth with New York. And then is is that when you ended up coming back with your then ex-wife? Yeah. And so opening that Remington? was the plan. You know, we got married. We literally bought and moved into a house the same week that we were getting married with 200 guests and all this crazy stuff. You know, our, our lives Ugh. were really insane. <laughs> you know, she, you know, she was one of those persons that was like, and now we're going to do this. This is our new goal. And I was like, holy fuck, I'm tired. I work like 60 hours a week. I personality. I'm flying like- back and forth on a plane. <laughs> like, can I just like enjoy life for a minute? <laughs> you know, no offense to her. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we were different people. And so, yeah, it was pretty yeah. much like, all right, now we're opening a shop. And I was like, fucking Christ. Okay. All right. You know, so, yeah, I did it, you know, and yeah, it was super hard, you know, because again, 
like working for Fit. Um, I, I worked with a few other artists, Alessio Ricci, if you ever seen his stuff, a wonderful Japanese stuff. Uh, Chris Walken worked there again for a little while. Uh, a tattoo artist by the name of Kevin Dickinson. If you if you don't know him, just check him out. It's really great stuff. Um, oh, I will. Yeah, uh, Chris uh, Chris Cockrell, who actually works at my shop. Um, geez, him and I have been working together for forever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just like I worked. To me, I was like, I made it. Like, this is a perfect shop. The owner is awesome. Uh, he does rad tattoos. He's such a nice guy, you know, and like, why am I going to, you know, why am I going to open something? You know, it was just like, but then I kind of knew that I needed to. I was like, man, I was working 60, 70 hours a week. Um, I, I still work. I still do that. <laughs> you know, uh, And I was just like, you know, just so busy, you know, booked so far. I was like, man, I'm just giving this to someone else. Uh, it's, it's my time. You know, and, you know, Steve was pushing me to do it, but it was also like, yeah, it's my time. And so, yeah, I, I did it. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, here we are, thir you know, 13 years later, <laughs> still open, you know, like it's, yeah, yeah. Man. So the original location was uh, across the street from where we are now. Uh, it was a really small little building I, I rented because I wanted to make sure the overhead was low. I was like, man, you know, when I opened, I was like, all right, I got about roughly eight months of appointments. So either uh, this is going to go well or uh, I'm going to tattoo the last person on the end of the eighth month and be like, I'm out of business. <laughs> you know? So that's, that was the plan. Because that totally happens. And then, yeah, so I did that. And then, Never happens. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe about, I don't know, about five, six months in, me and, me and the ex-wife are like, yeah, we're not working. Because <laughs> I, I think I think she believed that like all right Terry's gonna have a shop he's gonna have his people working uh, with him he's gonna just start pulling in cash you know I think I think she was under the impression that I was uh, I had more value than <laughs> you know like, oh you've been in these magazines and you worked in these you know I'm like yeah it's not like that you know what I mean like people don't it's you know it's not like that and. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, it didn't work out with her and which, you know, uh, which was fine, you know, like, uh, you know, it was crazy cause it wasn't like the plan, you know, it was like, shit, she was going to do all the branding and the marketing. Like, how am I going to do this now? You know, so I hired people to do that. And then, yeah, uh, maybe about, uh, you know, we, we were there for four years and then, uh, yeah. So then, uh, we, uh. We moved across the street. A building came for sale. And uh, my uh, partner, my girlfriend, Jasmine Worth, who's also a wonderful tattooer, um, she, uh, she's like, you know, the place across the street is for sale. I was like, really? Yeah. She's like, we should go look at it. It's a house. It's a little Spanish uh, house. And it's zoned, uh, it's zoned correctly for tattooing. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of like it's stupid not to. Because rent's going to go up. The mortgage stays the same. And it was bigger. It was a bigger location. It had a yeah. garage. So we, you know, we converted the garage. There's two more stations out there. And so, yeah, now there's about, you know, altogether there's 10 of us that, that tattoo there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's Oh, wow. 
Oh, that's a lot. It, it is, but it's you know, it's it's. I mean, like you guys both have shops, you know, right? Like both of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I've cut it yeah. down to but three I mean, people. You, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's tough oh, to juggle personalities. It's tough to maintain a crew. It's hard. It's hard right. when people reach a certain point of success, and it's like it's time for them to go too. Um, you know, it's a lot of overhead. You know, like stupid amount of overhead. You know, t- tattoos are. It's expensive to make tattoos. Yeah. You know, uh, you know clients may not really understand that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, you know, it has that yeah. kind of thing. But yeah. Uh, you know, I. For for now, the way it is, it, it works. Um. Yeah. Awesome. Is it is it pretty much a, a custom studio, or do you guys, like, do walk-ins so, and stuff? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of copied the Avalon model. Um, that same idea. We're, like, we're custom-focused, not really having flash everywhere, but also, like, allowing for people to walk yeah. in. Um, because, you know, like, I needed to be able to hire people. Like, you know, I needed to give them access to clients, you know, and... I didn't know who I was going to get. You know, someone's going to come and guest spot or someone's maybe uh, they just moved here. You know, like they're going to need the enable to uh, yeah. an ability to grow clientele. So, yeah, the doors, the doors open. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, and as, and as far as me, like my books never close. Like I don't, they don't, I don't close my books. You know, like it's just, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think in my head, I'm always like, I'm going to, I'm going to go out of business. Sure. People are just going to wake up one day. They're going to be like, fuck Terry. I don't want his tattoos anymore. That's the end. Like in my, that never leaves me, you know, which is super unhealthy. <laughs> hey, let's take it back a little bit. Like you were doing all this work, uh, you know, record label, album covers, all that stuff. Like, do you come from like an actual education no. art background or just self-taught. all self-taught? I mean, so to be fair, okay. it's like, yeah, I'm self-taught, but like my dad can draw, my brother can draw, my sister can draw, my uncle is an amazing oil painter, my grandmother can draw and oil paint and all this stuff. It's like, I, in my household, it was like okay. genetically impossible to not to be an artist. My brother has two two kids, they can both draw, you know, uh, it's just, you know, honestly, it wasn't until I got to kindergarten that I didn't realize that other kids couldn't really do that. You know, like I remember like, you know, we're t- doing the first assignments and, you know, I get up to go sharpen my pencil. And I look around the room. I'm like, what is happening? Because <laughs> you know? it wasn't that way in my house, you know, like everyone could do it, you know. And yeah. that, that was the moment when I realized it's like, oh, I do something special, you know. And yeah. And also like, you know, being like, you know, kind of awkward, introverted kid. You know, I was like, man, I'm not going to walk up to someone and be like, oh, you want to come over? You know, uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm horrible at sports. Like, no, like no one's going to, you know, I'm always the last one picked. It was so sad, you know? And, uh, yeah, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to go hang out and draw over here. And then before I knew it, like, I'd have a circle of kids around me. They're like, draw me this. Oh, man, you know, you could draw this stuff. And I would draw, like, cartoons that ran to and, you know, screwed up pictures of teachers you know, and yeah, just people thought it was fun and funny. And I was like, yeah, it was just my, my only way to connect with people, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I think I might've went off on a tangent there. <laughs> oh, okay. We love tangents. Like you said, you've listened to this podcast. Like, of course. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's really just one long tangent yeah. between Sean and I. It's, there's three people, and each one of us takes turn going on tangents. That's it. Uh, That's what it is. Did you do any album covers that we would know? No, nah, most of this stuff is pretty, like, underground hip-hop stuff. So it, it depends, like, if you're familiar with any of that kind of stuff. Like, um... Do you guys that like you know follow any like turntable stuff like any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I did uh, oh, yeah. work for uh, DJ uh, Faust, uh, Shorty, and Craze. Uh, uh, two of them are DMC champions, and I, well, that I kind know of stuff. Faust is. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you know who uh, Dave Paul is, yeah. he ran a record label called Bomb Records uh, that produced, put out a lot of that stuff. So yeah, I did yeah. a handful of things for him. Uh, yeah. They did a series of uh, DJ compilations. Yeah, Contents they? Under uh, Pressure and uh, Return of the DJ. Yeah. Yeah. Return yeah. of the, the DJ, DJ was great. Yeah. We played the shit oh, out of that yeah, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was cool yeah. to get to meet yeah. him and kind of, you know, fulfill that fantasy, you know what I mean? Because like, I've always loved that stuff. Like, you know, I can scratch and do that kind of thing. I mean, like, I don't perform anywhere because yeah. I'm not at that level. You know, it's just like, some yeah. silly thing that I like to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because it's ba- Babu is from that. Babu, well, yeah, Babu's up in LA. Uh, a DJ ba- yeah. But uh, Shortcut, oh, okay. uh, Cheaper, Mixmaster okay. Mike, those are all like the big San Francisco names. You know, Cheaper uh, is. Yeah. 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 Some Throw Records is, uh, yeah. was in San Mateo at the time. Uh, and so I grew up in this uh, little town, in San Carlos, that's in San Mateo County. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I cool. saw Pia Butterwolf in Vancouver once, and it was oh. one of the best fucking shows ever. He just yeah. spent 45 so yeah. night. It was sick. Yeah. It was so sick. That's like yeah. that's like real DJ. Yeah. You know, like. oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, we, me and Dave, we both come from, like, you know, east side of Toronto. We grew up on hip-hop and... All that culture. I kind of guess because so, your yeah, intro music yeah. always has like, it, stuff. So I was like, ah, I wonder if these guys are into this. <laughs> uh, okay. and, yeah, yeah, clips and everything. Yeah, yeah, we're into everything. So but, yeah, yeah. Totally. it's funny. I've just been watching like uh, like old YouTube videos of like you know scratch pickles or like old uh, turntablists, uh, the championships, like the techniques championships from years ago. I was just rewatching that one. I forget what year it was where the blind guy was, was DJing and he just had the girl beside him oh. handing him <laughs> records. Yeah, and he's like, do it all by, like, you know, like just sick. Yeah. I, yeah. I love all that shit, man. Like I love all yeah. that and break dancing. I was just watching like, uh, last year's like late twins, like, like hip hop battles and stuff. Yeah. I love all that shit, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny. Yeah. Cause like, awesome. So I, I've been together with Jasmine for, uh, I guess we're reaching 12 years. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's like, <laughs> like when we met, she's like, oh, she just listens to black metal, <laughs> you, know, you know, like, you know, industrial, like goth stuff. She, she only wears black. Like she only wears black, <laughs> you know, and it's like so different than, you know, and I would like kind of like, you know, maybe she'd bring me somewhere like some industrial place. And I was like, I was like, you know, this is te- basically hip hop, right? <laughs> and she'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
Or uh, we went no. saw a band a few years back, uh, Coco Rosie, um, and one of them raps, and uh, one of them uh, they they had a guy that was like a beatboxer, and I'm like, you know, this is basically hip hop, right? <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, so but she's she's not into any of that stuff, <laughs> so you know, yeah, we find other music that we enjoy together, you know, you know listen to jazz. Yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. wrong with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I save her yeah. from my, you know, stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can listen to her stuff. I think it's cool, you know. But uh, yeah, it, like if I play anything, I can just see, just see her like skin crawling. <laughs> yeah, some some people have yeah. an aversion yeah. to hip hop. Yeah, some yeah, people just like, really do. Like same with country or death metal. Some people it's like anything yeah. but hip hop yeah. or anything but. You know, country or yeah. anything but death metal. How do you guys solve yeah. the problem at your shop of what music uh, gets you know, played? It's on Spotify. It's so, all right. This is this is funny. Like, so I don't want or let the guys play like death metal or black metal. Um, uh, no, no, like gangster rap. Nothing that's just super lewd and crude and loud. And, you know, just like. I want the place to be open to like anyone that walks in like that. A lot of that stuff, it's not for everybody, you know, like and even things that I enjoy, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this isn't right. You know, like, so I, I try to, you know, you know, I hate to be that, but I'm like, yeah, could you guys not play that stuff? And of course they always do. <laughs> I think half the time just to, just to yeah. watch me like be irritated. <laughs> I'm the same. You know? It's like, yeah. Read, read the room. Yeah. Read that's, the room. That's a big like, thing for me. You know? you know, like I think a lot of tattooers forget that. You know, like when someone comes in to get tattooed by you or by me, you know, for sure this is what I try to think of. It's like this is their day. You know, it's not my day. This is this is the moment that's going to be. I'm going to record yeah. this moment on their body, and they're going to forever remember. Like certain smells, experience, you know, some of the music, like the conversation that we had and, you know, I want it to be like really focused on them. Like I, you know, like, um, I, often I, I hear the way a lot of tattooers will communicate with clients and, you know, be, everyone has the right to be however they want to be. Um, but you know, it's like you got tattooers that are just conversing with each other. They like, it's almost like the client is just, uh, this, this is just a meat sack that I draw on and then uh, money shoots out at the end, you know, like that is, that is not, you know, yeah. or tattooers that yeah. put on headphones, like when they're about to tattoo someone, I'm like, man, how dick is that? <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, and again, that's, that's me. Or, or even worse. It's not even that it's not even headphones for music. It's just like those like earmuffs <laughs> that have just yeah, no just sound to get through at all. Yeah. It's just like, I don't want to hear yeah. anything. Yeah. So oh, I want to know, God. I want to know the person I want, I want right. it to be comfortable. And I, and honestly, like the better I know yeah. them, I kind of just assume that anyone I tattoo, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to be their tattooer. They just don't know it yet. And I'd say like 90% of the time I'm right. You yeah. know, like, the, you know, over half the people I tattoo here in yeah. San Diego, I've been tattooing these people for 10, 15 years. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to tattoo the brother, the sister, their kids in some places, you know, like, I'm their guy, you know, forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's cool. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. a lot of ta- I think a lot of tattooers miss the fact that it really is about your connection with yeah other people, your clients. I mean, that's really what the if you want to be rewarded by tattooing. Yeah. That's where you're I, I really I really feel that way. Nurture that relationship with your clients. It, it'll reward yeah. you with more. Clients. Yeah, but it's it's not just that. It's yeah. like and, I I love that like. There's so many people I've tattooed where like you see them transform as a person, you know, like that person that feels awkward when they take their shirt off, you know, they don't, they just don't feel confident in their body. And then as you tattoo them more and more, they suddenly yeah. they become comfortable in their own skin. You know, it's like this like psychic armor yeah. that's now on them and they can just maneuver through the world in a way that like they just weren't able to before. And like, I love being part of that process, you know, yeah. to, 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 to have that connection with someone to in to see them change. Like I put artwork on this person and I think it's changing them, you know, not just physically, like emotionally, yeah. mentally, like it's, yeah, it's really, it's really uh, something I, I super enjoy about tattooing, you know, like, you know, I, I, I make a lot of paintings that I show in a gallery in San Francisco, like always, um, yeah, I got a painting just sent there just the other day, you know, and like if someone buys it, like it's great. I, I super appreciate anyone that supports my art, but like I don't know who bought it. It's just like, ah, it just goes on. Money came in the mail. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well, that's, uh, we were talking to Heather McLean. Oh, yeah. She's sure one, of, you know one of my faves. Uh, yeah. Canadian artist. Yeah. And she, she she was saying something similar. She took a lot of time off to paint. She ended up coming back to tattooing. And one of the things was that it was just a cold affair. She'd do the painting and then it would be gone and but no connection to any other humans regard whereas with tattooing, like you're saying, it's it's this whole yeah. thing, you know, it's that uh amazing it doesn't get talked about. Yeah, anymore, I, you know? I think it's it's just uh really for me really important, you know. It's uh I you know, like it's not just like, yeah, sure. Drawing is a skill set. You know, I can look at things and like figure out, you know, yeah, I can do, uh, you know, size things in my mind. Cool. I mean, that's really all it is, right? Like when you really think about it, like I can measure with my eyeballs and put it on a piece of paper, you know, that is just a silly human trick, <laughs> you know, like that's not the art, you know? <laughs> The art is something more, uh, you know, it's the message or like my connection. When I listened to the interview that you guys had with Rob Koss, I was like, and he's one of my heroes. Like I fucking love his stuff. Uh, just his style, how unique it is, how original it is. And just like listening to hear, hear him talk about, you know, the his creative process. I was like, this guy is amazing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, everything he said is like, yeah, I totally yeah, get just that. Thinking in ways, yeah, and thinking in ways I just never yeah. thought of, like at all, ever. Like how to find inspiration in in things that, like, I'm just like, what? And now I'm starting to yeah. see that stuff. You know, it's like that's what I love about these conversations, right? I, I always go back to like with Tim and stuff. Like, I, you know, I got to work with Steve Moore for a long time, but I honestly, I took that time for granted. You know, it's just like, yeah, Steve's my friend and I work with him. He's great. I don't tattoo or draw anything like him. So I overlooked a lot of things that I could have taken from that time together, right? I'll always cherish that time, but more as a friend rather than like the artistic Mm. inspiration. So now I'm starting to, 
you know, open myself up more because it's like I've painted so many things that nobody has ever seen because I literally finish it and or almost finish it and then yeah. just fucking destroy it. You know, like I literally I still have uh, some hard canvas like illustration boards that I just found that I still have from leaving wow. Sacred Heart. I Jesus. left Sacred Heart in 2004. I actually oh, lived wow. on the streets for a bit and had stuff in storage. And then I've like moved around a bunch and I still have drawings of paintings that I wanted to do. I have like layouts and concepts and all this stuff that I just found like in folders and shit. And I'm just like, how do I still have all this fucking <laughs> stuff? You know? And it's just like, I need to, you know, approach it and, and finish it and stuff. But I've always been so insecure in that way. So these conversations have been, you know, so beneficial for me in that aspect that I get to hear how these other people that I, that I can't even like put my, you know, I'm not even a footnote, you know, in this person's like career and their style and their artistic abilities. And then it's like, Oh, they feel the same way. (laughs) Right. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, okay. Right. The difference is, is that they pushed through it and they kept, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing where I was just like, nah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do regular tattoos. I'm good. I'm good. So how, like when you, when you started early on, like when you started, when did you start developing what is kind of your style now and what kind of brought you in that direction? Um, I think Denny introducing me to Philip Lou's work, um, I really just loved the composition. Um, that was something really big for me. Uh, my dad, uh, he did a lot of photography, uh, you know, and every night, you know, not every night, but many nights, um, you know, he would, you know, put up the projector and I'd hang out with him and he'd do the slides. And that man was so, is <laughs> so critical of poor composition. And so like when I started tattooing and then, Meeting Denny, I was like, yeah, that's really important because if it doesn't fit right, it's just, it's wrong, you know? And, uh, yeah, so that was a big piece. Um, Alphonse Mucha, you know, looking at his stuff, I was like, all these yeah. pieces, all this artwork, you know, that, well, his illustration stuff, not like, not like the Slav epic, um, which is amazing. If you ever get a chance to see it, see it. <laughs> but, amazing. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. It's, yeah, so, it's the, so amazing. Yeah, like that was the first time in my life. Like yeah. when I went back to the hotel, like I couldn't sleep because it was just like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> but that was, but uh, yeah, seeing, seeing Luca's stuff, I was like, you know, he wasn't a tattooer, but I sure wish he was. Cause goddamn, <laughs> like it was such great sense of design yeah. uh, to break things down. And th- that like, which, you know, I, I feel like I can still benefit a lot more from that. But the less is more, um, you know, keeping things like the design is more important than all the bells and whistles. You know, I heard you guys, uh, you, you retaped your uh, John Clue and, you know, hearing him talk about that, you know, like kind of like, you know, you went to Daredevil actually. And that's kind of where he kind of learned that. And and for yeah. me, it was, it was honestly, uh, Denny had a lot to do with it working with Nathan Wallace and Chris because they were more illustrative and did biomechanical stuff. And 
you know, I, I was really into that too. I am still into that. And then, you know, also, but going to seven seas, all those guys did really great traditional tattooing. And I, I, you know, such a dick when I started, like that shop that I learned at, you know, that was like the, the heart of that shop. And like, I just didn't get it at that point. I was like, ah, it's just like drawn weird. They just didn't know, you know, like, that's like really it's like just a jerk mentality. <laughs> And then I go to Seven Seas and I would listen to yeah. these guys like super critique, like, you know, stuff that just was kind of like too new school or too this or that. And I was like, and I started to see what they're talking about, you know, and, you know, I honestly like traditional tattooers, like the first like, like 10 years of my tattooing, so intimidated by like anyone who does that well. I was like, God, you're like a real tattooer. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> seriously like you know and so yeah somewhere somewhere around you know then kind of like trying to change what I was doing I didn't you know I still it wasn't like I knew that wasn't home for me um I just have a you know an illustrative nature like that's just where I'm at but uh I kind of wanted to do something like something in between something something that's a piece of all those all those things you know that's 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 what your work like when I look at your work, it's like, oh, you were a tattooer that like switched over to illustration, <laughs> like illustrative tattooing. Like that's when I when I see your work, like I see like that I see tattooing first, where other people it's just like all the bells and whistles and that illustrative like super extra yeah. you know what I mean? And I see your stuff and I'm like, Oh, these are just really great, huge fucking tattoos like with great composition and stuff so that's why i was curious as to like how you developed that style and it's well it's because you were surrounded by these yeah. traditional tattooers i guess and you just took all that into play and got <laughs> beat up mentally by denny yeah. every day so yeah i mean <laughs> yep i appreciate that by the way um but uh yeah yeah uh that was de- that was definitely it you know kind of you know, tattooing has, um, I mean, I really love Japanese stuff. Jasmine and I went to Japan, like, we were so obsessed. Like, came back and, like, for two months straight, I, like, we're only eating Japanese food. I'm trying to learn how to make sushi at home and, like, failing. You know? <laughs> you know? Uh, God, you know, just, yeah. Sorry. Amazing place. Can't. So, like, everybody. I swear, everyone's like, is this your first time? Or, you know, or, like, it's a, I yeah. think it's a cult. Yeah. I, I'm convinced yeah. that Japan is a cult. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just yeah. a cheap nation stuff. But just as a culture, like, <laughs> it's just, like, the dedication to, like, doing things well. You know, like, the, be- the best French pastries I've ever had in Japan. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's like, yeah, they do shit really good. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a hard place to, you know, to try to be an artist. I don't know. I feel like the level is so, like, the level of excellence is something really, like, culturally, like, yeah, that'd be intimidating. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. In in so many of the the things they do, like, I just, yeah, same, because I'm always on YouTube. I just watched, like, 
handmade yeah. Japanese paper being made. And it's like the same guy's been doing it for, you know, 60 years. And then I was watching like, um, it's actually like a government position where these old guys, they just make longbows, traditional longbows all by hand. And it's, they do that every day. For, and I'm just like, fuck, when these guys die, like there's going to be nobody else doing it because yeah. no young people want to learn how to, to do yeah. this hard trade yeah. and stuff. It's just like they do the way they do one thing is the way they do everything and it's all in. Yeah. 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 Work ethic. I mean, you look at the culture of the salary man and corporations and stuff like that. And I think that's not just in corporate lifestyle. I yeah. think that's in everything. Because I mean, you go into areas of Japan, like where there's vintage stores and they're all in on oh, vintage. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. holy fuck. Like you walk into these miniature worlds of like, what the fuck is this store dedicated yeah. to 1957? Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're so specific. And yeah, like yeah, everything. But it's so bizarre. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I really, really. Yeah. It, you know, so Jasmine and I, more so Jasmine. I, you know, um, you might see some of this mess back here. Uh, we do ceramics. Um, she does a lot of like stuff on the wheel and all that kind of stuff. You know, and it's you know, like that that oh. kind of that stuff. You know, like they're you know, you ever like watch any videos of these guys doing that? It's like. It's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> you know, we're just like, oh, I'm smashing yeah. some mud around. Ah, oh, this yeah. sucks. And like, yeah. you watch these guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think just, even that woman, uh, is her name Anne or Anna uh, Boland? Oh. She makes the hojus. Yeah. No. Have you seen, have you seen her? Yeah. Those are rad. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll send her to you though. Sam, she just makes these ceramic hojus and they're so amazing and so pretty. None are the same. They're different sizes. You can open them up, you know, and put incense in them and stuff like they're just, please. They're yeah. just cool. I'll send it to you anyway. They're very cool. Um, yeah. if you guys are into that stuff, you'll, you'll definitely like her work, but yeah, Sam. So do you, do you fully render almost all of your tattoos before you no. start your projects? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, most no? of the time I just like make it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but. Okay. Um, you prehand it all? Yes and no. Uh, it just depends on the client, you know, like, um, you know, because, you know, like I stencil the majority of my work, but like, all right. So to give you an idea, like my, my comp or my consultations with a client, um, I draw the tattoo in front of them. Um, so it's kind of like freehand sort of, not really, you know? Yeah. So they okay, kind of cool, meet me yeah. on the consultation day and I'm like, you're going to sit here and suffer for two or three hours through this drawing so that you don't make me draw the shit again. <laughs> it's really kind of how I do it. And then, but also like, I get a better chance to communicate with them, you know? And, uh, yeah, so I do it like that. And then, you know, of course, when you stencil stuff on, things don't always fit really perfect or, you know, or sometimes the person just has like a little bit of a different idea. And like, if it's good, I'm like, yeah, let's do it that way. And then you just, wipe this part off or don't even stick that part on and yeah, draw it on, you know? So a, a little bit of both, you know, honestly, like if I had, if I was better at time management and, uh, had maybe had a easier schedule, uh, I probably would prehand a lot more. I see two people a day, you know, I have, uh, roughly like the next 18 months out. Um, I, I work like a lot, like it's unhealthy to be honest, <laughs> you know, like, Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't all dry up. 
Hopefully that doesn't all dry up on you. I've been like this the most of my career, you know, like I just, it, everyone. Yeah, that's, I, that's what we'd be forecasting. Yeah, I'm being sarcastic. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Ja- Jasmine, she, Jasmine is like, uh, if you get a chance, you can check her out. Jasmine Worth uh, does uh, amazing painter, uh, uh, amazing uh, tattooer. Uh, I, I taught her to tattoo uh, about eight and a half years ago. Uh, which is like amazing that we're still together because like <laughs> that could that could be a trying thing on a relationship, right? Uh, but like her oh, like, yeah. life work balance is so much better than mine. Like she's you now that was a big concern of hers. Like when she started tattooing, uh, was like, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't want to deal with people like that. Or it's like she knows how to say no uh, to people like in a way that like. I'm not as good at, um, or like she budgets her time. She's like, uh, this is my time for tattooing because I have, she does a lot of gallery work so that there's always time to do gallery work and there's always time to do ceramics. And she, I, I've never met anyone that reads as much as her. She's honestly like, uh, one of the smartest people I know. <laughs> uh, and then she usually tells me, she's like, it's, you know, you just don't know very smart people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no she's just amazing and like she's so great at like time management and you know kind of being able to hit all those marks of like i have a life i have friends and relationships i have downtime i'm like four days a week at the shop i don't exist like <laughs> i get up in the morning i walk the dog i'm at the shop by nine thirty. Uh, I leave at 11, 12, 1, 2 in the morning. Like, that's four days. I'm gone. You know, like, uh, it's, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> but, but she, like, she knows. She's like, hey, the one we're off, we're all, you know, we have three days together. And, uh, you know, yeah, so we get to spend our time. But, yeah. And I'll, I'll see her. She'll come to work. And I'll poke her head in my room. Hey, Terror Bear. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah yeah oh my god (laughs) amazing so besides like uh, jumping back and forth between new york and san diego doing that stint did you do many other guest spots or did you do uh convention circuits uh, at all the the couple weeks over kapala uh i guest spot in hawaii before um i used to guest spot a lot up in the bay area there's a, a shop called uh final sin in east bay uh uh uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yep. Tattooing's the final <laughs> it's, thing. It's, <laughs> the name says it all, you know? And, uh, yeah, I used to go there every month, um, for awesome. like, I don't know, maybe about a year and a half or something like that. So yeah, I've, I've done a fair amount of guest spotting, yeah. uh, conventions, uh, done the Queen Mary a few times and, um, tried to do the Hawaii, uh, uh, convention. And then I didn't do the paperwork right. So, like, me and Jasmine and this guy, Nathaniel Gann, also a great tattooer. Um, yeah, they wouldn't let us uh, work. We're our, we're, the booth is set up. And, like, we didn't have a syphilis test. Brutal. Yeah, yeah you have to be what? tested for syphilis to tattoo in Hawaii. <laughs> and so, this is amazing. So, yeah, so, wow. so Chris Cockrell at my shop, he's, he's, like, the best, like, troll he, like, really knows how to just screw with people. So, like, weeks leading up to it, he's like, 
hey, you know, you need that syphilis test, right? And, like, he, he just kept saying it. And I'm like, ah, it's just another one of these idiotic things that he's, like, doing to, like, drive me nuts. You know, I, I you know, he was being serious. I, I needed a syphilis test. <laughs> Yeah, so they they like were like, oh. uh, why why are you so scared to get the syphilis test? <laughs> Jasmine has something to tell you, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, well, she yeah. already. Yeah. Well, so but luckily the uh, one of the owners of the convention he had a shop and he's like, you guys have appointments, just go there, a tattoo on my shop. You don't have to leave a drop, you know. Just sorry. We screwed that up. Nice. <laughs> and it's, it's, I feel especially, yeah. It's so weird. You need a syphilis test yeah. to tattoo at a convention. It's like they do know you're not yeah. sleeping with yeah, anybody, like, right? When is this, when, at what moment is that going to happen? I'm just like tattooing. I'm like, oh, I smeared my dick on your tattoo. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, never is that going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's how all the groups spread through Vaseline. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, you know, I didn't have, uh, you know, the popsicle sticks. So. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I got another tool. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about, it was a more recent post of yours. Um, I'm just going to bring it up here because I want to. This fucking Poseidon. Oh, yeah. How long, how many hours was that Poseidon chalk pastel on uh, toned paper? How many hours was that thing? How are you so patient to use chalk pastels? Um, I don't know, maybe like nine hours, something like that. Yeah, so like what? Uh, it's eleven by fourteen. The work is the face. Yeah, I'd be so scared to fucking. So, so (laughs) yeah, basically with the past the chalk pastel stuff, uh, you use toned paper so that. Uh, cuts down the need to push as hard because you don't have white coming through. Um, yeah, so I'll do that. Just kind of let do the initial lay in with the chalk pastel and then, um, you know, spray fix it with workable spray fix. And then, uh, the final coats is, uh, adjusting contrast and highlights with, uh, you know, Prismacolor pencil. And then, uh, yeah, that's, and that's it. It's, and it's done. It's, it's really fast and efficient because pastel. You could fill a large area very quickly, uh, way less time than you could ever do with a regular Prismacolor, um, and, uh, you know, get something done. It is a little bit more fragile, that's for sure. Like, when you're working, it's a little, like, you know, you do work, and then, like, you spray fix it, and, like, it blew, like, 20% of 30% of what you just did, like, away, (laughs) you know? But you sort of just work that into what you're doing. (laughs) Like, um, yeah, yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just every. It seems like almost every time I jump on to check something, you're like doing yeah, a live. I've been also. doing that lately. Uh, yeah, I suck at social media. Like, yeah, because like you don't already do enough. I compulsively draw. <laughs> like it's like I swear. Yeah. If, if, if Jasmine wasn't in my life, I would literally like be at the shop at like nine thirty. Get out at one. Probably work on drawing till three in the morning, deprive myself of sleep, and then do it again. <laughs> you know, like it's just days off. It's like you know, she's patient with me, and like we go out, and we do, you know, we go hiking, we, you know, we take little like road trips, you know, we, we travel, 
Um, yeah, she. If it wasn't for her, like I would just like never leave the house. I don't know. Like I just, <laughs> I I love drawing a lot. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just feels good. It just like it just relaxes my mind. I don't know. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you and James Tex, he that's he's yeah, yeah. so he's a very prolific drawing too. Guy. Like that's yeah. he's, he's always drawing. Yeah, always drawing, always drawing, drawing, drawing. It's just like Jesus. Like I think he likes drawing. He likes drawing more than tattooing. Uh, I, but yeah, I don't know but if crazy. I want to say that. I mean, I don't know. It offers different things. You know, it offers <laughs> different things. Yeah. Depends yeah. on the day. Oh, yeah. The one offers you good money, and the other one yeah. doesn't. Yeah. I mean, but what, what I love about, yeah, for sure, that's, that's why I did too. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Because uh, you know, I told you about my earlier career, how that worked out. So, yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah um, you know, a lot of the drawing, um, yeah, it's just like it's a great place to work out ideas. Like, I don't have to, like, respond to a client. I'm not, like, restricted by what they're thinking. I get to explore. I, have, I don't even know, like, I don't really have, like, a style per se. It's, like, it's illustrative stuff, sort of. Like, it's, I draw it the Terry way. I don't really, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad or just yeah. maybe I'm, I just, like, don't understand things well enough and I just do it how I do it. I, I don't. You know, I don't know, um, but it's, I like, I like being able to just like, you know, give myself little like projects. Like, so when I, when I started tattooing, Denny, he made me draw bodysuits, like a lot of bodysuits. I would do these like little miniature bodysuit, like paintings and illustrations and eventually some bigger ones, you know, and I was like not even tattooing yet and I'm, or, or like barely tattooing like a year, year and a half and, I, and I'm painting bodysuits and, uh, yeah, it was so, I think that's part of it. It's especially with an iPad, I can just sit on the couch, watch a movie with Jasmine, dogs with me, fireplace is going, and just sit there and I'm just like, ah, I gotta make a bodysuit because why not? You know, watch a movie. Yeah. One eye like this, one <laughs> eye down like this. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I, yeah, like, I hate TV. No, no, I'm, I'm enjoying this. You know? <laughs> this movie's great. You know, it's like sure, we can do that. You know. I want to, I want to, you know, yeah. It's, you know, but plus it's like, it gives me a chance to uh, put things online and, or show things to customers. Like I still have that mentality. It's like, I hate listening to tattooers go, man, I really want to do this style. And I'm like, but I don't, you know, I don't have a clientele for it. It's not in my book. And I'm like, cool. You should draw that. And they, and they have nothing. And they go, oh, you should paint that. Nothing. It doesn't sound like you really want to do that then. <laughs> you know, like, I, mean, I hate to be a jerk, but it's like, it's like, if you really want to do that, do it. You know what I mean? And then people will see it. You know, like yeah. when I started yeah. tattooing, Yeah. I mean, I kind of started doing pretty big work, like very short, after, shortly after I started, um, in part because Denny, he just liked Japanese stuff. He's like, ah, this Marine's getting this. I don't want to draw a fucking angel. You're, you're doing it. And I'm like, I, I shouldn't be doing a sleeve. Yeah, you're going to do a sleeve. <laughs> you know, like, that was really how it was. It was just like, I was like, Denny's like garbage disposal. <laughs> you know, he's like, this is not Japanese. Uh, give it to the kid, you know? And yeah, so, yeah. but you know, having that experience, it was like, 
you know, they would come into my booth and you'd have, you know, drawings and paintings all over the walls. And then you get to have that conversation with people that you can open their minds to things that they don't, wouldn't think about because people are just, you know, if they're not artists, they're not visual people, they're just sort of limited by like what they see online, you know, like, or whatever, maybe kind of seems like a trend at the moment, you know, and it's, you know, I, I, yeah. You know, I, I might, may not be always be the most successful at, but I'm like I'm trying to steer them in a in a direction. You know, so that's my chance to do that, and you know, and also like it's my chance to learn that because like I also don't want to be that guy. Like, man, I really want to do this stuff. Do you have any examples? No. <laughs> stop. Just stop talking. <laughs> I, I never I never complain about not doing stuff I want to do. Um, I lucky I get to do mostly what I, I want to do and stuff. But I've also never been a guy that hung my own drawings around myself. So at Sacred Heart, Steve Moore always had his stuff. Everybody always had their stuff up or taped up the projects they were working on. I never did that. I've been in tattooing for 33 years, and this past week is the first time in my whole career where I hung my own painting yeah. in my station. <laughs> Nice. And it's fucking weird. I hung like six like of my own original paintings and everybody's like, oh, how does it feel? I'm like, fucking weird. Like for me, it's just weird. I'm like, I don't I like being able to talk about like, you know, I have lots of really great art from friends and originals and I love to be able to talk about that stuff. But yeah, it's like people like, oh, is that yours? No, that's Rob Noseworthy. Yeah. Uh, So I understand. Like so throughout throughout my shop. (laughs) The, there's hardly an incident that doesn't have a painting or drawing or something, and then never mind all the you know the paper drawings dangling off the wall, you know, from everyone's work. Um, yeah, but yeah, I really encourage uh, the artists to put their own stuff in their station. You're like, this is. Oh, I do the same. Every artist that works for me, their <laughs> shit is all you. around them. No, I mean, yeah, it's like Just I don't know, feel proud. You know, feel proud. Like this is, you know, it's 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 not like. Yeah. I think so, like yeah, yeah, so. like some people might see it as being like conceited or like you're like uh, too self focused or. And I'm like, no, like this is. Ah, I'm sorry. I don't think so. Oh. Okay. I don't think, no, I don't think so. I think that's crazy if people think that. I think that's crazy if people think that. It's like, my thing is more is that I'll do a painting and then I'll be hanging and I might not like it and I'd be afraid that somebody would want me to tattoo it because then I'd be like, oh. Now I have to try and convince them that's not good so I can redraw it, you know? So, but now that's again, like going back to this podcast that I get, I'm so fortunate to do is that now I'm, you know, I'm putting myself out there more and allowing that stuff to to hang for the first time ever. It's just, I mean, a a lot of the stuff I've tattooed on people is just because I have a painting or drawing like that in my room. And, and for, and most of the paintings in my room are oil paintings, which do not translate to tattooing. And so clients were like, Oh yeah, I like this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I would make it tattooable. And so it's like, this is just like an idea. Don't, don't worry about this. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I get to, I get to do it again. (laughs) And I get to, plus it's like, it, it's really to get them into it. It's not really, you know, my room. <laughs> so, I, you know, I got my little room door, you know, <laughs> people go into my little art cocoon. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 there's, yeah, it's a lot of paintings I have, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I kind of feel like I want people to be sort of immersed in this little world of mine, you know. Um, 
and yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Like you say, it's so much easier to have the conversation about what their tattoos can look like and ideas they can get from what you do, and I'm sure they feel yeah, a lot more comfortable. For sure looking at the For stuff sure. around you, you know, it's, they don't have to guess as much. You know, I, like, yeah. And I, you know, I tell, I tell clients and you know, yeah. I was like, you know, I, I, I show stuff in galleries and then if it doesn't sell, they send it back. So all of the stuff on these walls, these are my failures. <laughs> you know, so uh, if you like it, I'm going to make it a little better because it, it doesn't sound like it worked too well the first time. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that one there, that one, I call that one, that one hurt a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Never yeah. get that 30 hours yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Gonna yeah. ask it, Dave? Yeah. Oh, I think we could probably guess at least three of them already, but uh, who, are your, <laughs> who are your top five? Uh, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, only five. <laughs> so am I going to go strictly like top? No secondary list. No, like yeah. time zone list. No style let me, list. Let me, let me get my mouse. I'm going to put it on the stop yeah. button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear this. Is, uh, yeah, I listened to the Jeff Croce interview. Man, that was like, he's like top top 50. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Philip Lou, for sure. Uh, Aaron King, um, Rob Koss, Lars Uve, and uh, Seymour. Yeah, that would be like my top five, like yeah, favorite tattooers. And they're, you know, some are pretty different, and then um, some of them are kind of similar, you know, yeah. like Aaron and Rob are kind of. They're all original, though. I'm sorry. They're all original. They're all original, though. Like they, they all yeah. distinctive. They're all when you look at their work, yeah. you can tell it's yeah. their work, right? Yeah, it's such a like the impact. All those people, yeah. you know, they got a secondary list. Like you know, Ed Hardy should be on there because you know, uh, you know, all you know, you know what I mean. Like we we, you know, like <laughs> there's, there's some people on there. Like you know, I, I feel bad about not you know bringing up you know. Um, <laughs> Well, there, I think there's everyone could say yeah. the Hall of Famers, right? Like there's the Ed Hardys and yeah. Sailor Jerry's and, you know, other names like that, that everyone, of course, you know, yeah. loves and, and puts on a pedestal. But, you know, we're yeah. looking for the ones that personally. Yeah. That, that list, I think, is like honestly like yeah. sort of what I want to model my work after, you know, like, you know, seeing seeing the right choices that they've made and, you know, trying to you know, see where, what I can do to make those right choices too. Um, in more, more so in recent years, I, I, I really try not to, uh, uh, longer than recent years, like, like the last 10, 15 years, like I really don't look at other artists, tattooers work like as reference, you know, I look at it to enjoy it. But when I go draw, I draw, yeah. I use light, um, like, I want to use photos, um, you know, like, uh, and, and kind of make my like abstraction from real right. Like, I don't want my work to look like someone else's work. I, I will say like, you know, maybe with the biomech stuff, it's a little harder because, you know, it's kind of like 
know, maybe, maybe I'm just not original enough, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know but, uh, <laughs> you know, but I think at least with everything else I'm doing, it's like, I don't know if you'd really say it looks quite like these other people. Um, yeah, at least that's what I hope. <laughs> it sounds like you've always had a clear vision of what you need to do and how you want to get there. Is is that true, or is that just something that's come to you later? Yeah, no, I think so. I honestly, it was it was the conversations I had with Denny. Um, uh, that was it was a big. Uh, yeah, he, he, you know, as far as just like you know, outside of like their art, their visual. Art, um, you know that he had like a really massive uh, impact on like like how I think about tattooing. Um, you know, uh, I I don't. You know, it, it's it's funny because like I'll I'll work with other artists and they like they didn't they didn't know that or something like you know man you've been tattooing ten years and like you don't like understand how to put this together. You know, and and they're like, ah, no one really showed me. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's, in a way, it kind of had to be told. You know, it's like you know, these things face forward. This is the inside. Uh, you know, really thinking about you're moving. You know, the back, the center. You're moving out towards the front of a person. Everything moves that way. Like, imagine if if this person was to fall from the sky. You know, like in all the wind would just travel across their body. Like things should move that way. You know, uh, I, it just looks natural, you know? So, uh, you know, trying to kind of really think about that, um, you know, like, yeah, that, those are the pieces I love the most that are like really kind of simple that just have like just such a clear, like, really readable composition. Like, you know, I can just see like, how simple the movement is across the person. Like, yeah, I, you know, like it's in the beginning, it was, it was much harder to get that because the pieces are only so big and you're like trying to make it happen. And, you know, as the pieces get bigger, you get a little bit more opportunity. And then as people get more comfortable with you, you get a little bit more, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely like, I think from the get go, I had a, a uh, an idea of where I wanted to go, but you know, that's the tough thing about tattooing. You know, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, this is someone else's body. So it's, you know, you don't get to do what, just whatever you want, you know, like, you know, even, even people that I think do whatever they want. And then you hear them in an interview and they're like, yeah, you don't really get to do whatever you want. <laughs> and you're like, really? You're Philip Blue, man. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> do we really want to do whatever we want though? I mean, I'd just be paralyzed. I'd be like, Fuck, I don't even know. <laughs> what do you choose? Yeah. I mean, yeah, right, yeah. 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 So where's, uh, uh Denny where's works Denny now? at, uh, shop in Pacific beach. Uh, and it is called. Can't believe you uh, was one of your favorites. We have a, we have an interesting relationship. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm hoping the first comment on this post when we put it up is going to be him going, "You still I, suck." Probably. <laughs> I expect it. Uh, he, he works at a, a, a even keel. Uh, yeah. Cool. I What's believe it's just Kenny Bernard. Uh, I want to check it out. 
Yeah, sort of like a, you know, a little, kind of That's reminds awesome. me of like Philip Blue meets Tintin, the little 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 bit of like a kind of like a James Tex sort of style, not rendered the same, but like, yeah. How do you spell uh, Danny with an I E or a Y? He's just. He's been as much a part of this interview as you have. <laughs> yeah, I want to say I want to say his avatar is like a white like Anya mask or something like that. Um. I'll try to find it on accounts. I'll, I'll message I'll message him and ask him to do an intro. God, you ruin me. <laughs> I have a very terrible relationship with him. Yeah, because I, I, and I, I hate to say it, but it's like I, I don't respond to him uh, as often as I, uh, he reaches out. It's like, uh, it's a, it can be a struggle sometimes. <laughs> I was like, man, you're going to like punch me in the gut. I know it. <laughs> just, the, just like what he says. It's like, man, I, I've been doing this long enough, man. Like, I'm not. Your big brother's yes. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, good week. Yeah. <laughs> week. Yeah, it just sounds yeah. like a big brother. And, and honestly, like we have we have a little bit of like a different direction, you know. Like, um, and, and I and I'm so I'm this way yeah. with other people, you know. It's like it's not my place to tell someone like what kind of art they should make and what they should like and what is right for them. That's for them to decide. Uh, this is how we. We end up with people that yeah. are unique and stand out and are, are the influencers uh, that you know kind of change tattooing. You know, like if everyone had to adhere to, you know, some grumpy person that was like, no, it's, it's my way. It was the way it was before me and everyone does it just like Sailor Jerry or whatever. And you're like, that fucking sucks. You know, like that is just like. You know, I mean, I understand it in the first couple of years of tattooing because you want someone to make solid design choices. But at some point, it's like, leave that person alone. Yeah. Let them do their thing. This is how they're going to grow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds like we got to let Terry go because oh, he's got some therapy to get to. <laughs> some PSD. <laughs> <laughs> this was awesome man thanks so much it. terry for joining us and uh thanks so much man for for supporting yeah. and stuff and you know you've commented on on a lot of posts and the private dms and stuff were you know awesome i love hearing from people and and, and you know getting feedback and stuff it's it's no different than anything you do in life it's like oh, fuck, i hope people are gonna like yeah. this Totally. Yeah. No, I really, I really appreciate what you guys you know, are doing. But, it's, you know, you, you've had so many heroes of mine on your show. I mean, Steve and Robert were on your show. <laughs> I mean, like they're, they're part of my top five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It just, it's, it's yeah. just, it's rad. It's rad that, you know what I mean? Cause like, what do you get from this really? You know what I mean? Personal growth, I guess. I get to be fun of Dave once a week. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you're, you guys, you guys are offering something for all of us to enjoy. Uh, you know, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Right cool, on, man. No, no, thank this you. Is awesome. Thank you so much. It's okay. uh, dinner time for me. 
So that's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> it was great getting to know Curly and this amazing guy that tattooed with one arm. You know, the customer had to stretch his own skin. So I did get blood poisoning from him twice. Twice? Yeah, twice. <laughs> Hardy brought this whole uh, Japanese influence into American tattooing. Once Dave Shore come onto the scene, it was like tattooing completely changed. If anybody could say anything about greaseball Japanese, it's fucking Dave Shore. Salty, piratey, bikery, just hard not to do. Man, he'd pull in on his chopper with the tattoos and the girls, and I mean, he was just like so cool, man. He captured vulgarity and pleasure and insanity and recklessness. Tattoo in the 80s or 70s, just not the same, uh, yeah, you had to be a tough guy. I was scared shitless. Even though I was, a, you know, kind of a biker guy, these were bigger biker guys, you know? <laughs> I'm not totally sure you could paint the picture accurately to somebody now getting into tattooing about what it was like then. And the only reason I, f I would say or I feel that way, though, is because they might not believe you. We had the limo waiting for him with all the lines of blow lined up at the airport. This is the way we do it in Canada. <laughs> in the like 80s, 90s, Paul, Paul Jeffries was like the king of tattooing. It wasn't just in Canada. Like, am I supposed to stop tattooing? Because if this is what I'm supposed to aspire to, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Each one of these old masters influenced groups of tattooers who in turn influenced other groups of tattooers. True North Strong Tattoo Book. This is a massive tattoo encyclopedia of Canadian tattooers. 350 pages. It's an 11 by 17 coffee table format. Sean and Dan worked tirelessly to get this thing out. And sadly, it never made it to print, so it's available for free download at theholdfastsocialclub.com and championtattoo.ca.